The Puritan's Guide to Fall Songs Guide. Tottenham Hotspur postponed. West Ham United 1H. Tonight's song is... Maybe I'm living too long. Gibson and Neuromancer. Yeah. Okay, so I guess that came out in 84. I have no idea if it was in his hands or not, but the first sentence of it is kind of pretty famous. It's It goes, the sky above the port was the color of a television tuned to a dead channel, which doesn't even make sense to people anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious. No, I could definitely see but, I could definitely see Marky e. Smith being uh, a fan of of William Gibson and that book for sure. Yeah, he was a huge science fiction nerd, and that book just exploded. It was so yeah. it, it was an absolute sensation to anybody who was serious yeah. about you know that fiction. So anyway, maybe that's where, where he picked up the maybe not, but it's just not remotely as powerful writing, right? It, it really seems like I've done this before with my own writing, like revisited something I wrote and tried, you know, with a new idea. And almost inevitably, I just make it flabbier. Like it just, it, it's really hard. It's really hard sometimes to know when you've done as well as you can right. <laughs> or as you did. Like and he just and he did so well and I think I don't know maybe that's another way of undermining it I don't know but it sure as hell didn't need to happen because form and function of of the original is just so perfect why would you fuck with it <laughs> yeah. but he is one of those but, writers and one of those thinkers and musicians and artists that just couldn't leave well enough alone in that way. Which is why there are yeah. multiple versions of different songs and how much they change between, you know, the versions on an album, between the versions in appeal session, between the versions that they're playing live. Uh, you know, he was constantly revising and fucking with things. But uh, in this case, I think it's to the song's detriment, even though was, I agree with you, Hiram, about the musical side of things. But, uh, you know, lyrically, it just sort of yeah. you know, it falls a little flatter. No, I, I, I agree with that point, too. So yeah. I'm not- well, and it goes along with the life spent in this sort of terse. I think of that life as being very terse. Mm-hmm. My grandmother never wasted a word. You know, it's... Yeah, my dad doesn't either. No. No, same with mine. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it just gives you a quietness and a watchfulness. And I think when you start, if you start getting fanciful <laughs> or overly fanciful with that, you're going to dilute I, uh, that power. Yes. I was just thinking of I don't think I've ever brought them up on this podcast, but I really love Drive By Truckers. Yes. Those guys' lyrics are always really great. Yeah. And it, there's one line from uh, not the guy who lives here, but the other, the skinny one. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, he looks like your typical skinny cowboy dude. You know, uh-huh. they all have that same look. Um, I can't remember his name. Anyway, there's a line in one of his songs that's like, 
just because I don't run my mouth don't mean I don't have nothing to say. Yes. That's totally like, <laughs> exactly like all those people were talking about. That's so funny because I thought of the drive-by truckers while I was while I was doing this, but mm-hmm. I didn't quite know how to make the connection. But I did. It was just as one of the better iterations of an alternative country mm-hmm. that happened, and you know we both love them and. Um, we're really excited about them when they first came out too and so yeah it's just uh, it's just such a good song and then and then it only gets more apocalyptic as it proceeds <laughs> you know and then it starts getting all sort of uh, oh god who am I thinking of William Blakeish. <laughs> He's a huge William Blake fan. Well, there you He's go. Even, we've covered a couple of his songs in which he mentions William yep. Blake. One of them was even called WB. That's right, I dunked it. <laughs> <laughs> he did. There's. He does Jerusalem. They do Jerusalem as a song. Yeah. Like he's a huge William Blake fan. So yeah, you are correct, lady. <laughs> lady, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I felt that. I felt it. And, it's, and and yeah, no, I can totally, yeah, I felt it. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> and the answer to the question about the drive-by truckers is Mike Cooley. Thank you. Yay! God damn it. I, I knew it would be, it's something like that. And I could, I never remember the guy's name until I go looking for it. And I suck at names anyway. <laughs> He does. <laughs> he amazingly does. I'm sorry to interrupt, Melissa. No, that's fine. That's really where I was going with it. I mean, the ending imagery is just the devil's boulevard, the evil black. Yeah. You know, this is this is falling into the. If before he'd been in the like the precipice of despair, now he's just free falling. Uh-huh. And it and it has that. It just has that sense of doom, and again, he's doing it. In a very spare... Well, Songs of Innocent, Songs of... Despair, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, that would definitely be there. Um, but yeah, I, I just wanted to say thanks for bringing yourself and your uh, stuff in yeah. about the lyrics. Because um, it's been a while since we were able to sit around doing this to a song. And I just yeah. had thought of any songs to do that with yeah. and so good job we might have to bring you back in when we're stuck yeah please do this was great I would, I would I would love that if it could if it could be I mean this song makes it easy I, I don't know if I could be effective well, know, there's, because yeah. it speaks to me it really yeah. really does and I've said that Entitled is a favorite song of mine, but I just don't know how to approach it as a podcast song because there's not much to talk about. No, there really isn't. I mean, you can only say, like, it sounds kind of like The Cure a few (laughs) times. Although I do find it remarkable that he just just covers so much ground that I've never heard anyone else kind of cover. Um, And just a little I've listened to, like, but that song, I've never heard male and male friendship described like as an object of desire you know yeah I'm, which is about the only thing you talk about in entitled so we might as well just cover it well <laughs> you know it's just objects of like men want this and it's not you know it's not a romantic quest mm-hmm. it's not 
it's just a desire for connection with another guy. And that's like somehow shameful and weird. So you have to make jokes about, you know, reach arounds or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but. I don't make passes from the From back. behind, yeah, yeah. the back. Maybe, maybe that's your scene. <laughs> right, it's right. Like, just Whoa, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but he, he obviously wants this guy to be his buddy. Yeah. And that's such a, I don't know, that just, uh, I cannot think of a single song where that has been the, the, the stated, like, where that has been the driver mm. of the song. And I love that. Yeah. That's what I walked away from. That's kind of that what I've always loved about that song, too. It's like, I just want to be your friend. Will you shut up? Be <laughs> <laughs> friend. Can we be close friends there's, there's a Beck without song. having to be kissy? Yeah, there's, a, there's an early Beck song that's very, like, sad Beck. You know how he does? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all acoustic-y, but it, it's called It's All In Your Mind, and oh, it's yeah. all like... Yeah, so you know that song. Like, So the when I first heard it, it was on a 7-inch that got released by K, I mm-hmm. think. Um, but it's him strumming a guitar and singing sad Beck songs. But, you know, it's, it's about like... In the, the, the end to the chorus is like, I just wanted to be your good friend. Like, all these things okay. that you're thinking and all these people you hang out with, they aren't good for you. I just want to be friends with you. Right? Right. So it's kind of like entitled is kind of like that in a way. Oh. From a different perspective. Well, and the other thing I wanted to think of is that the realization that just because you want something with another person doesn't mean you get to have it. Right. There's that too. That, the, the very title, like repeating entitled over and over again. Yeah. That's, that's such a huge, you know, that's what... That's become such a huge conversation that women are trying to have with men, which is, you know, here's you explaining patiently over and over, this is what a creep does. He doesn't take no for an answer. He insists on living out his fantasy with you, this ver- and this version of you that doesn't even exist because you're, you're not in this with him. Um, you know, he doesn't see you. He sees a, a fantasy his fantasy of romantic connection and Mm -hmm. love. And it's, and he sees, he understands that as an entitlement mindset. And he's talking about a friendship, not a romantic partnership. Mm -hmm. And to me, I don't know that, that impressed me because there's a lot of people who do not understand the, the distinction between wanting a thing from a person and getting Mm. a thing from a person what you're owed and what you're not owed yeah yeah by another person and I just thought so that I, you know I just think of him as somebody with, with a lot of uh, he's just really sa- like canny savvy mm-hmm. I, he, yeah, yeah. He, I I really so that really impressed me I, I just wanted to say a couple of things one I'm gonna just cut this entitled thing off and make it another podcast because <laughs> we're already talking about it but two, you you said the word creep, which is funny because one of their big singles from around this time was a song called Creep in which they spelled it out as the chorus and it's C I E E P. Like it's yeah. even spelled it's so it's about like like the lyrics are about like kind of a kinksy sort of song where like he reads books, you know, like he's you know, it's, it's kinda of like well respected man about town. You yeah. know, like 
or you know yeah or mr pleasant or something like that um so i just thought that was kind of funny that you said that you mentioned the word creep and i was like oh actually (laughs) (laughs) and it came out around this time period too which is kind of funny that you like yeah anyway I, i just feel like I'm picking up what he's putting down. (laughs) (laughs) And if that's really special, you know, I just think he puts it down. It's it's there. It's it's not exactly, he hasn't made it too mysteriously. I know there are songs of his that are deeply self-referential and like make so many allusions to it. Well, this is the time period when they were doing more pop songs. Right. Oh, and you had said about these songs, basically, that you kind of found it hard to believe that I was calling it the pop period. Yeah. But this is kind of the pop period. And also, it's kind of like, and at the time, it started to become like, oh, they're they're going to wrap up this band soon. And then, like, he's still making music in the, you know, 2014, 2015 or something was the last album, right. I think, right? So, um so yeah, there's so many periods, uh, but but this was this does get like viewed as the pop period with bricks and you know just like there was and they were doing like crazy things with um, uh, the <laughs> the dancer who like, we can never remember his name or you know like just art people. There was a dancer who Michael Clark. They did. There you go. Thank you, Michael Clark. So the dan- they did some ballets around this time period huh. using fall music. Um, wow. One based on William of Orange called Curious Orange. I Am Curious Orange. Uh, so there's just all this weird shit going on now at this time where it's poppy, but it's also like definitely not uh, Pet Shop Boys-ish okay, or something. Okay, wait, you know? but it can't... He's doing... He's, it's got to be modern dance. It can't be ballet, can it? It's modern dance, but it is ballet. Jesus. Yeah. I'm it's, just trying like, to It's ballet with, guys with the ass cut out, so their ass hangs yeah. out of the back. Yeah. It's on YouTube. There is, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll watch some. <laughs> I just... Uh, yes. And they were involved with a bunch of like artists. Um, Lee Bowery, yeah. who was famous. Or polka dot, he would, yeah, yeah. So, Lee Bowery's in some fall, like in the fall sphere, and a lot of stuff. So, around this time, they're kind of doing stuff like that, but they are like they're artsy, definitely, but it's still definitely pop because he's show they're all showing up at top on top of the pops at this time period, and he's wearing like long leather coats and stuff, and wearing eyeliner. <laughs> Marky Smith is their songs are getting like talked about in Smash Hits magazine and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like they're, so, they're in smash hits and stuff. Huh. Well, that's okay. No, it's crazy. Like when I think of that, I'm just like, really? Yeah, it's a it's really r- strange period. Yeah. Uh. Uh, but I mean, that was. I mean, uh, you know, that was sort of my entry point into this, or for me anyway, of like hearing a song like "Eat Yourself Fitter," which is not necessarily a pop song, but it's like, wow, this is a really strange song, and then. What kept me through there was listening to the more pop-oriented stuff like Hit the North and Creep and, uh, you know, their cover of Victoria and stuff like that. Like, I could, you know, find my way in through that pop side and then go back to listen to the earlier stuff that's more, like, jagged and angular. Mm-hmm. Huh. 
so yeah, when Briggs comes in, it, it, it kind of smooths everything out. Yeah, no, I... Some people think that killed the fall. Oh, what the fuck? That's <laughs> <laughs> a Yoko Ono fucking thesis for every fucking band right. that If there's some... Uh, ugh, I just cannot handle that. I cannot no, handle that. Yeah. Well, I can't handle it because of him blue a lot, but it's just come the hell on. Like a man loses all his agency and power like the minute a woman walks through the room. Like yeah. I'm gonna change my whole worldview now. I think it's I, I think it's kind of amazing the way that throughout the fall's career Marky Smith sort of um Sort of adapted himself to let the uh, you know the musicians sort of carry the weight of what the band is going to sound like for a stretch, and to sort of adapt what he was doing to that. Because you think about the period yeah. after Bricks left, where there was like a couple of records that were getting very uh, influenced by you know Acid House and the dance music scene around that yeah. time, and, and like the probably like when would that have been like the late '90s or something like that, mid to late '90s, and then like the last like decade plus of the band's career where they were you know he had a really steady lineup but there are these really sort of uh bruising um pub rock type dudes yeah mm. yeah i think that the manchester acid jazz thing starts in like the 90s yeah you know like with the manchester stuff like like telephone thing and stuff is like isn't that cold cut yeah, or it something is. yeah okay yeah um so you know he's got he's like they, they're making these like baggy trousers Manchester songs at yeah. some point too. Um, See, I think I mean I'm not. This isn't a one-on-one comparison by any means, but if you you've had a really long life in music, and that's what you do too. I mean, you you work with what you have, and you respect what people yeah. do. I mean, I think if you're, I think if to have a long life in music that he did in the sport that he did. It, it makes complete sense that that's who he was, that he'd be mm-hmm. generous in that way. Plus, that's the best, I mean, well, he's not going to... He's definitely generous, but like I also said, he's de- he's definitely got that Captain Beefheart streak where he's, <laughs> you know, like ridiculing everyone. I mean, there is a reason why in 1999, the band basically beat the shit out of him and, and then left him in New York City. Right. What? Yeah, so okay. that's a, that's a very that's a very like yeah famous happening. Man, I don't know anything. About this. <laughs> that was no. That's that was the last show Steve Hanley played. Who had been with him for years, and yeah. So yeah, I forgot to say how much I appreciated Steve Hanley and everything I listened to, and how amazed I was by oh, him. Such a great yeah, place, Perry. Yeah. And how much I like that weird draggy violin he brought into the situation in Living Too Late. Oh, was that Steve Hanley? Did no, no, no. I, I don't oh. know who did that. I think it was, uh, damn it. So there was, I think this is around the time period where they had like an actual musician, and I can't never remember his name, like Simon, Simon or Rogers, something. Simon yeah. Yeah, I think that was him maybe on this. Uh, yeah, because he uh, he recorded a bunch of the Friends experiments with them, and so he okay. was bringing a lot of those. Yeah, those like you know uh, those a lot of that instrumentation into the group around that time for sure. Yeah. Okay. No, anyway, I just want to. I just realized I hadn't mentioned anything about the instrumentation 
or the sound of it and how much I, I liked it besides the freakouts. But anyway, getting back to this guy getting his ass kicked by the band, <laughs> what? They're in a hotel room and he's No, them. they're on they're stage. They're on stage what? at Brownies in New York, yeah. Oh. You can watch it on uh, YouTube. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> That's unreal. Where are they? Uh, Brownies in New York City. Yeah. New York City. And he's just yelling at them and they all just start he's, railing on Fucking with them. Yeah. Ooh. It's, I can explain what he... So... I'll explain it later. Okay, everybody, listen, everybody listening to this podcast probably knows about it. And But basically, he's just fucking with him, like, constantly, 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 constantly. And so finally, somebody's had enough. And, yeah, decks him. And then everybody's like, fuck this. And they're all done. Yeah. And Wow. Yeah. Okay, so, yes. <laughs> I'm vastly ignorant in any statements I've made. Well, this is a guy who, you know... I, I mean, so there's a whole book about all the people who've been in The Fall. Yeah. It's called The Fallen. And there's all these stories about, like, they drop off some guy because he eats too much salad or some shit. <laughs> I can't remember. Like, or he wanted a salad. I can't remember. Like, they just drop him off in the middle of nowhere. Jesus. Like, it was probably because who knows why. You know, I mean, but supposedly, I mean, whatever. So there's just all this shit where there's just, like... <laughs> they just get rid of people. They got rid. Of, they they are just constantly getting rid of people. Well, He's just kicking people out right and left all the time for no apparent reason. I mean, he gives them a reason usually, but you know. Uh, so there you go. Jesus, and this is this is the same guy though who can make room in his music for what people can bring to it. Yeah. So that those two things exist in the same person. Yeah. I guess we contain multitudes. <laughs> He's one of those multitudinous dudes. <laughs> I always, I mean, he was always so generous to, if you want to call it that, with like collaborating with other folks too. Because he mentioned Cold Cut, he did a song on one of, on their first record. You know, he recorded right. with uh, Inspiral Carpets for a song. He did a song with Gorillas. He did all those things with Mouse on Mars. So yeah. I just wonder, like, you know, how much of that. Like if there were people that came knocking on his door saying like, "Hey, let's do a song together," and he's like, "Oh, get the fuck out of here! No, I'm not working with you." <laughs> or if it was just like people willing to be like, "Yeah, let's just bring Marky e. Smith into the fold and see what the fuck happens." Right, right. I would guess it's probably a little from column A, a little sure. from column B. You know, um, just from what I know of, yeah, from what little I know of that, those sorts of situations in the books I've read and the. And all that kind of stuff. So it kind of seems like, <clears throat> I mean, you know, <laughs> I, just, I, I just, I just also remembered that time before he died, where he was like throwing beer at the Avid Brothers or something yes. <laughs> at, at, a, at a festival. Is like, get the fuck out of here, you know? Like, or it's like he was telling them to get the fuck off the stage or something. Yeah. Yeah, and they were like the headliners of the <laughs> festival or some shit. I don't know. Like the guy was just like <laughs> inconceivably himself all the fucking time and usually kind of an asshole. But hey, he was an asshole and you you knew what you're getting with. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's so hard. I mean that was kind of what, how everybody thought about it. There, there was a fucking fist fight at his funeral. 
and everybody was like, <laughs> I would, I would, ex- you know, like I remember reading about it, and it just nobody said why. From what I remember reading, it was the only thing that was said was, I would expect nothing less. Right. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Oh my God! Let there be a fist fight at my funeral. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the ultimate tribute. Yes. Exactly. So yeah, there you go. There's Mark. But we'll we'll listen to more Marky Smith if you want, and uh, you know, we can work on crazier things where where he seems to uh, foretell the future, or you know, like. There's just all kinds of weird shit that he is weird. And Bricks like swears up and down he was uh, psychic. And, I, I, and like weird. Okay, this is weird. Weird shit. Do you like remember when I said I want to act like I have second sight? I just it was a throwaway thing. I uh, well, we were remember. we were making jokes about it at some point because of some show we were watching, and I I had come up with the n- number twenty seven, and then a, <laughs> later on in the documentary they were like. It was 27 members. I was like, ah! <laughs> no, that's what I was saying. I just meant... I don't... I don't want to sound like a dipshit. <laughs> I, I just... I felt it. I don't know what to say. I just, what about Mark? About- I just felt it about the lyrics. I felt like they were visionary, but not in the way... Of, not just in the literary right, right. way. I felt like he put on this suit of a man and went walking. Yeah, kind of. Like, I, it was just a feeling. Like-